Well, we return to Luke chapter 22. It's David Pittman's fault (laughs) that I went backwards. (laughs) But I couldn't help it because the Lord laid on my heart uh, this, uh, this message and had to preach it before we go forward as we move toward Easter. Luke chapter 22, and actually I was going to begin at verse 31, but as I began to think about the context, perhaps verse 24 would be where we should begin. And then I'm going to move over to another text as well, which is not recorded there, and that's going to be uh, just a little bit later on as we read Peter's denial of the Lord. Hear then the word of God. His word to us. Luke chapter 22, beginning with verse 24. Remember that they have been at the table, the Lord's table. They have come to the end of the meal together. And this is where it picks up. A dispute also arose among them as to which of them was to be regarded as the greatest. Remember that debate among the disciples? And here it is again, right at the table of the Lord. Who's going to have the seat of honor? Who's going to sit on the right and who's going to sit on the left? Sometimes we believers can be awfully fickle, can't we? A dispute arose, also arose among them as to which of them was to be regarded as the greatest. Remember that context in this. And he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors, but not so with you. Rather, let the greatest among you become as the youngest and the leader as the one who serves. For he who is the greatest, one who reclines at the table, or one who serves. Is it not the one who reclines at the table? But I am among you as the one who serves. And he was sitting at the head of the table. You are those who have stayed with me in my trials. And I assign to you as my Father assigned to me a kingdom. That you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and set on thrones of judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And then moves, he turns his attention to Simon. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded or asked permission to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Do you hear it? The pride of man. Do we dare ever trust in our strength? Would we ever dare? Listen to Peter. Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go 
with you both to prison and to death. And Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny me three times that you know me. And then turning over to verse 54. Then they seized him and led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house. And Peter was following at a distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, said, This man also was with him. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And a little later, someone else saw him and said, You are one of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. After an interval of about an hour still, another insisted, saying, Certainly this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, and as I looked at this real carefully, it's not recorded in here in Scripture, but Peter responded with explicatives of which you would not want me to repeat here. Man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord. How he had said to him, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. May God then add a blessing to the reading of His holy and precious Word of God. Pray with me for just a moment. Lord, uh, bring glory to Yourself through these lives of ours. Lord, help us to know our frame and to know ourselves and to know You. Help us not to be rash in Your presence spiritually and make claims that we cannot fulfill except by Your grace. Help us to beware trusting in the flesh, for certainly the arm of flesh will fail you as it failed Peter. Lord, we pray that You would help us to learn from this account of Scripture in the very Passion Week of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, keep us in Your care and watch over us as only You know how. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The context of uh, this passage of Scripture strikes me that this uh, is in the Passion Week of the Lord. This is in the week that He is drawing near the cross. We have already seen that even as He prays now, that the prayer of Gethsemane is one where 
he somewhat has to separate from his own disciples who have followed him so closely. And he goes out into the garden to pray and remember the agony with which he prayed with regard to that which was set before him concerning the cross and his conversation with his father. Let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, your will be done. Our Lord Jesus Christ uh, moves toward the cross alone. There is a separation from sinners. It just seems like one by one they fall like flies in the light of what is necessary in redemption. And now it is upon Christ alone as He faces Calvary for you. The disciples uh, can only go so far. But in their sin, they kind of drop away. I I love uh, the mountains here. uh, I've been with some of the the mountain preachers when we're having services. And and I love one of the traditional saying of some of the mountain pastors as they're by the graveside. Well, we've walked with sister so-and-so and Mr. so-and-so as far as we can walk with him. <laughs> he, and, and they will stand right over the grave and just, we've walked with brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so as far as we can go with them. And we commit them into the hands of the Lord. And I love it. I just love it. It, it reminds me uh, in a very simple way by the Spirit of the sufficiency of Christ to save beyond the grave. And... Uh, And He alone is the one that redeems us. And the further, and I want you to see that the same thing is happening in this context. Peter, who has declared such great allegiance to the Lord, remember the passage back other in the gospel where Peter makes the great confession of the Lord, and he turns right around. And as Jesus proclaims the passion and the necessity of going to the cross, Peter says, I'll, I'll not let that happen to you, <laughs> as, as if he was going to be able to do anything about that to begin with. Sometimes we're so presumptuous, aren't we? <laughs> oh, don't you worry about that. I'll take care of that. <laughs> and don't have any idea what we're talking about. <laughs> and and uh, Peter, I was in, uh, and you remember what Jesus says to him even in that context? Get Behind me, what? Peter? Peter. He certainly said Peter. No, get behind me, Satan. Never underestimate his work. Get behind me, Satan, for your mind is upon the things of men rather than the things of God. Are you hearing something about human nature? Are you hearing something in contrast to living for the Lord? You dare not trust in your flesh. And Peter goes on to say, Lord, that was a falling away. And some of the disciples left Jesus after some of his teachings. And, uh, and the Lord asked his immediate disciples, will you also leave me? And many of them said, uh, only you have the words of eternal life. And Peter says, well, let all these others deny you, Lord. Uh, let all these others deny you. I'll, I'll walk with you always to the end. And uh, it, it was a very dangerous comment. Peter 
you begin to see some of the work of God in Peter in terms of his sanctification. We sometimes are a mix, aren't we? Areas of our life where, whereby we, uh, we know the Lord, but there may be some areas where we still hold on to some of that pride. We hold on to some of that sense of our ability and it pops out like the measles. <laughs> Because we can't prevent it. <laughs> it just, boop, it's there. <laughs> and we said it, and there we are, there's the flame. Where did that come from? <laughs> well, you know that spirituality in individuals is like that, and we carry that mix with us. Oh, wretched, remember Paul? Oh, wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this bondage of the flesh? The very things that I should do. Those are the very things that I don't do. And Lord, the very things that I ought not to do. Lord, those are the very things I do. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from this bondage of the flesh? Praise God. He stops right in the middle of the sentence I love. Praise God the victory is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter is going to learn uh, some serious lessons here. Because after this supper... Again, the context is set that there is a dispute that arises among them as to who is greatest in the kingdom. That's a little bit disappointing, isn't it, to hear about human nature. But do you know, dear friends, that you and I have to hear that about ourselves before we can fully appreciate what Jesus Christ has done for us? And I, I tell you, it must have grieved the heart of the Lord to hear His own disciples talking about who was going to jockey for the position of honor among them as disciples. Don't you think that must have grieved the Lord's heart? To hear them talk like that, He must have shaken His head and said, they don't even know what they're talking about. And Jesus talks to them about that. He who is greatest among you serves. I'm here as the Lord, and I'm sitting at the head of the table, but I came, I've come to serve and to give my life. And He who is greatest among you um, will serve. And Jesus tells them a little bit about the kingdom to come. He said, don't you know that in that service there's the purchase of a kingdom? And don't you know that you will be judges and you will judge the twelve tribes of Israel? And you're bickering back and forth as who's the greatest in the kingdom of God. That's not becoming of a believer. Because you see, when there was a banquet, it's most eloquent at a banquet table. When there was a banquet table, what? You, you have the seats of honor. You have the guest who is at the head of the table. And then those people who are most important set in order around the table. And then the rest of the folks are out there. And uh, so that's what they're referring to. Who's going to have the seat of honor? And Jesus speaks to them about that, that that is inconsistent with what it means to be a believer. Then what you have here is that our Lord turns His attention to His disciple Peter. And He speaks to him and He does so by repeating His name twice. 
And I found that in Scripture, if the Lord says your name twice, <laughs> you, you ought to pay attention because He's trying to communicate something really important to you. Simon, Simon. Oh, Simon, Simon, Simon. And it almost appears that Simon was vying for the position of the seat of honor. It doesn't say that in Scripture, but you get that sense. Simon, Simon, there's something I have to say to you. Satan has asked permission to sift you like wheat. I don't know if you know much about that, but uh, when I was young, I would watch my grandma take some of the grain from the wheat that was left over from the cutting of the hay and everything in the in the and she would take this basket and she had this and she would put that wheat in there and she would she would shake that basket. I mean, she would shake it like that, and she would boom, 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 <laughs> and stuff would go flying. And boy, all of a sudden, now you look down at the end of it, and you look down into that little basket, and there was nothing but a bare grain. Simon, Simon, don't you know that Satan has asked, now listen to this one, Satan has asked permission. Uh oh. Should tell you something about who Satan is accountable to. Do we find that in Job chapter 2? And the devil goes about the earth going to and fro, and there came the day in which the sons of men. And the spiritual reality of the earth has to present itself before the Lord. And Satan comes with them. If you look at Job chapter, I encourage you to read Job chapter 2 today. I encourage you to look at it. That conversation between our Lord and between Satan about Job. And I'm going to tell you what God gave permission to Satan, to sift Job like wheat. and He did. But remember this, only to the extent that God allowed him. You remember the qualification? Oh my, it's, it's, it's frightening. You may touch. You may touch all that he has. But you may not. Take his life. Spiritual reality is an overwhelming thing when you begin to be allowed to go into conversations like that in the Bible and to behold spiritual reality. There's a lot that we don't fully understand about the operation of all that, but now Satan is asking the same thing with regard to Peter's life. Simon, you make such bold, fleshly statements. 
And don't you understand there's another reality in which Satan is asked to sift you. He wants to do the same thing to you that he did to Job. is to strip you of everything that you are and everything that you have. The remarkable thing is that the thing that Satan never understands is that those who belong to him will be preserved no matter what this life brings. And that's my comfort today. That He is a God worthy of praise and honor alone. And we dare not, we dare not presume upon the good hand of God. And I love Job. Shall we accept good and not adversity? Oh my. Oh my. Stripped of all that he has. And Jesus is, is warning Peter. Peter, you don't understand the boldness of the claims that you have made, that you're not able, you're writing a check that you can't cash. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not going to happen. Peter, you make that bold claim, but let me tell you something. Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Now, Peter says that. Now, let me say this. Peter says this, I think, with sincerity. Where he is at that time spiritually. But he doesn't understand what he's saying in terms of falling short his human nature. He hasn't fully reconciled that he can't trust upon the arm of flesh. He's still holding on to that little bit that most, if you hear the gospel today, so many are still trying to hold on to that little bit of man's ability. Oh, you know, you're, you're lost and you, you have sin, but you're not that bad of a sinner. Matter of fact, you're not so bad uh, that when we preach the gospel that you can't accept Christ. And all I simply say to you that people who are spiritually dead don't respond to gospels unless God intervenes and they are made alive in Christ. Once you were dead in your trespasses and sins, but God, being rich in mercy, made you alive with Christ Jesus our Lord. And your life is hidden with Him in the heavenlies because of His work bringing you to life. And isn't it true that we still want to hang on to a little something of our ability still and can't fully comprehend that we're really sinners. And, oh, we're not that bad of people, are we, Lord? We're not that bad. I tell you what, it has been brought home to me very clearly that we are sinners, truly. Saved by grace. 
I believe it now more than ever. More than ever. Saved by grace alone. Except by the grace of God. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked permission to sift you like wheat. He still insists, Lord, I'll, I'll go with you even to the death. And it is almost as if Jesus says, wait a minute. Peter, you don't know what you're saying. Matter of fact, Jesus tells him a little bit about what's just going to happen in that night. Isn't that amazing how the Lord knows that none of this took him by surprise? He says, Simon, I tell you the rooster will not crow in this coming morning until you have denied me three times that you know me. Now, my dear friends, let's not be surprised here that the Lord somehow doesn't know about our life. What's amazing to me about this passage is that, that Simon is right there making this claim and Jesus is telling him about something that's going to happen that very morning in his life. Amen? Eventually, Peter is going to get the point. And eventually we will get the point if we are His children about what it means to trust in the arm of flesh. It has no good in it. And is never to be relied upon by the believer who trusts in the Lord. In Christ alone. I love, don't you love that song? Sometimes I just enjoy singing it. In Christ alone I stand. We're stripped of any pretense that we might have of being able to do in our own strength to trust Him. I'll tell you, I want to read it on over to verse 54. Then they seized Him, that is, they seized the Lord and led Him away, bringing Him into the high priest's house. And Peter was following at a distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard, sat down together and Peter sat down among them And there was a servant girl seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, said, this man also was with him in the right circumstance, at the right time, at the voice of a little girl. Isn't that amazing? Peter, this stronghold of claim to walk with God, is brought low in his flesh by a little girl who just simply makes an observation. And Peter blasts forth his first denial of the Lord. Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, said, This man was also with him, but he denied it, saying, Not only not only denying it, but by his words, woman, I do not know him. Can you imagine? And a little later, someone else saw him and said, you also are one of them. But Peter said, man, I am not. 
I mean, he emphatically, the sentence itself is an emphatic denial of the claim. Man, I am not. I do not know him. I do not belong to him. I do not know him. Peter, have you ever trusted in the flesh before? Be careful. Be careful. And about an interval of an hour, still another insisted, certainly this man also was with him. For he too is a Galilean. All of a sudden he's being told on more and more <laughs> that they're beginning to put pieces together. That, oh, oh, yes, you're Galilean. You must be a part of him. And then with explicatives, Peter curses in another text. He curses. Man, I do not know what you are talking about. And this is incredible in Scripture. And immediately, the rooster crowed. And it must have been, it must have been deafening for Peter. He has sat around this campfire for some time watching the doings at the high priest's door at the house there, which is not far away. He's watching what they're doing with the Lord. And he's going through this encounter. And three times he denies the Lord. And then all of a sudden there's a silence. I hear it every day. (laughs) Beautiful. Beautiful. (laughs) I love it. Cheryl wants chickens. (laughs) No. Bob won't let me have them. (laughs) but it must have been powerful he was brought to the end of himself with great bitterness and anguish and tears He was sifted like wheat to where there was nothing left. Be careful to presume upon God, dear friends, lest He have to sift you like wheat to bring you to an end of yourself. And it's very... Humbling to watch this man of great pride be humbled. And it's very powerful what happens. And the events are in the hands of God. And as the rooster crowed, and the Lord turned and looked at him eye to eye in that moment. And the Lord, in the proceeding at the door, turned and looked at Peter eye to eye. The Lord didn't have to say a word. Not a word. All He did was look at him. 
And Peter dissolved like butter. And Peter remembered, listen to what was going through his mind. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he said to him before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Has the Lord ever burdened your soul? Well, you have wept bitterly and brought you to an end of yourself. But you see, all that is for the purpose of Him bringing us to Himself whole and complete, trusting in nothing but His grace. And isn't that where we belong who are in the Lord? Isn't that where we belong? Is completely in His love and in His grace and in His mercy. I left out one little section here. You remember that was another one who denied the Lord. You remember who else denied the Lord? Now that was interesting here. Uh, Judas denies the Lord. He sells the Lord out for the silver. And now it's interesting here. Uh, Peter is sifted like wheat and brought an end to himself. But it says in Scripture that Satan entered Judas. I do not believe that in this context, Satan entered Peter, who was a believer. I don't think Satan has the power to enter his children. But he sure had the permission to sift him. But it was for the purpose of God's grace in his life. Isn't that amazing how God can take the evil intent of Satan and use it for his glory in the life of a believer? Isn't that amazing? How Satan just will not win in the end. And he doesn't get the point. Well, that little section that I tell you about the difference between Judas' betrayal of the Lord and Peter is found in the words of Jesus. And this is what he says. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded to have you or to sift you like wheat. But, uh oh, I love that little contrast. But I have prayed for you. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked permission to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you. Now that's the kind of prayer I want. Simon, Simon, I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And and listen, he doesn't say you've failed. He said, and when you have turned again. <laughs> I, lo- I love that little session. God's work in Simon Peter's life. Peter, Peter, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. And I've prayed for you that your faith might not fail. And when you have turned again, that is when you've repented, that is the time. I know, Peter, the time's coming where we're going to deal with this. And you remember what they dealt with it at the end of John? 
Jesus is raised from the dead. There's the fish. Simon Peter, do you love me? Simon Peter, I, I want to ask you again, do you love me? Simon, let me just ask you one more time, the third time. Do you love me? And Simon this time didn't have the heart to take that bait. Don't you love where Peter falls? He falls upon the mercy and the knowledge and the power of the God who made him. And he said, Lord, Lord, you know all things about me. Lord, you know I love you. Where else can we go but to the Lord? Amen? Amen. Peter, don't think hard of Peter. Be thankful for the Lord and His work in a sinner's life that any of us have come to know Him. My dear friends, this portion of Scripture is found the very weekend that Jesus dies upon Calvary's cross, that He deals with His own child, Peter. Even as He is facing the scourge of the world, Peter's not able to go with Him. And you were not able to go with Him. But he went there for the purpose of becoming our great high priest. And I love Romans 8. He sits enthroned in the heavenlies at the right hand of his Father. Doing what? Praying for you and me. He intercedes for us. And the Spirit of God intercedes for us. Romans 8 with groanings. Too deep to mention, my, the fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I'm not a righteous man. The righteousness that I have has been imputed to me. But my Lord is righteous. And I love His prayers. Is the Lord praying for you today? Pray that He is. And I know that if you're a child of His, He is praying for you. That your faith may not fail. And that Satan may not have the victory in your life. Aren't you glad for the Lord's help? Not only upon Calvary, but as He prays for us today in all of our circumstances. May God have mercy upon us and to know Him who prays for us that our faith may not fail. Lord, make us what You would have us to be. Mold us, shape us, lead us 
not out of pride or arrogance, but humbly, Lord, make us what you would have us to be for your glory. Let's pray together. Lord, we bow before you. This passage of Scripture is one that is very powerful, and we as humans should take it to heart, lest we boast before God in our own strength. Let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Lord, keep us in your care and keep us close indeed to the cross that no matter what we might be found in Christ, not having a righteousness of our own, but a righteousness that comes by faith in Him alone, O Lord, that we might know You, the fellowship of Your sufferings, The power of your resurrection. May it be so, Lord. Lead us to that end. In Jesus' name we pray.